Blog Talk Radio.
to the quiet storm and i'm your host greg lassiter here at g radio in new york city where you can find your classic soul in r&b music the music for your soul you know who i have tonight guys what i say about him doesn't do him justice he is big red davis harthorn james the great american actor harthorn welcome to the quiet storm how are you brother i'm so good it's it's i'm just great greg I hope you are, and hope hope, hope everybody that is listening is, is also great, because I am so good right now, and I am so ready for this, you don't even know. <laughs> Hard on you know what's funny. I got, like, I got, like, the the board is lit up, but I don't want to take any phone calls yet. I want to talk to you. Hard on you know, you are known, people don't, I don't know if people know, that your acting goes greater than the five heartbeats, because I've seen you in a a few things, TV shows, uh, movies. How did acting, was that something that, when did you decide that you wanted to be an actor? Uh, you know, it's something that, that probably I was born with. I, you know, honestly, because I want to I, I I weave this into about your profession too for a second. Because of the fact that I was on stage the first time when I was six years old. And my older brothers and sisters were very, were very popular. I was born and raised in Chicago. And they were very popular at school. And so when I came along, and I went to Catholic school, so when I came along, the nuns weren't even thinking about another, another Hawthorne. So it was like I'm trying to find my attention. You know, my mother's working. My father's working. That, you know, I, I felt it, it, there's so much about, this, about how I felt as a kid. But when I got on stage when I was five years old, it was like finally somebody's paying attention to me. And that's where that feeling started. And it's been that way ever since. And, and I recognize that this is a way of communicating, of getting my ideas, getting what I feel like uh, across to people. And the, it, it really is film and television, uh, the media is the most important and powerful medium in the world. It is the, it is what do you call it, where, where the, the propaganda machine. Exactly. And so that's, that's what's inside of me, of, of wanting to put my mark and let people know how I feel. But let me, let me take just a minute to talk about, about, about your profession. Because people ask me all the time, if you weren't an actor, what would you do? And there's no doubt about it. I always say I'd be a pilot. Are you serious? That came wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> very serious. No, no, no. I'm very serious about that. And that came from my brother my older brother, because I, I wanted to do everything he did. I, was, I would follow in his footsteps all the time. He built Boston airplanes as a kid. I learned wow. how to build Boston airplanes as a kid, and I would build them Piper Cubs and, and Lockheeds and, and uh, uh, the, the, uh, the boxcars, you know, the, the, the fighter planes, boxcars. I've got one in my closet right now that, that my ex gave me, a Boston mm-hmm. kit, that I, that's been in my closet for t- 25 years. One of these days I'm going to get back around to it and build it. But wow. it's, it's like the, the fascination for me. That when I was in my 20s, I was listening to a, a TV show here in, L, in L.A., and there was a group of black pilots who, who had started a school in New Jersey, and they, were, and they are, were constantly looking for donations. That is my charity that I would have given all my money to, to keep, keep young black kids out of fly. That's yeah. I, I go to the airport and just watch planes take off and land. But, wow. but my brother went into the Marines because he wanted to fly. And they, he, he was a college graduate. And, and by the time they screwed him around in Quantico, he wouldn't have been able to fly. But he, he wound up being in the Marine Corps, but he couldn't fly because of the fact that they had screwed him around at OCS. Right. So I was at Notre Dame. 
And I was so tired of being with them races at Notre Dame, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> and I wanted to leave school. And and the and the army recruiter was on was on uh, was on campus. And so I went and I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up. I'm gonna fly helicopters. And I had I, cut I, my fingers off. Oh my god! On, on wood on in the wood shop at one time. And so yeah. I looked at him and I said, Well, my fingers. They sold them back on. But they said my fingers are bent. Ah. But that stopped me from from uh, from flying. And he looked at me and said, Oh no 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 no. And I looked in his eyes, man. And I said, this would tell me anything in the world to get, get, me, get me to sign these papers. So I said, wait a minute, I, I'll come back tomorrow. Let me, I decided, let me go call my brother first, who's still in the Marine Corps. Right. And he, I called him up, and I said, I'm getting ready to leave school and sign up to fly helicopters. He said, are you out your MF in mind? Do you, you could throw a rock at a helicopter and knock it out the sky? And I said, oh, okay, guess I'll stay in school. Oh but God. that's my thing about flying, Greg. It, it, it is still fascinating to me. I love flying. I sit by the window all day and I look out the window, whether it's going wherever it is I'm going. I always get a window seat and just look out the window and dream. So your wow. profession to me, that tells you a lot about, about I think, about my background, et cetera, and what, what it right. is that I do. Because you know how many black pilots there were when, when we were kids. It's, well, I'm older yeah. than you are. So you know right. how many there were when I was I don't think you up. are. I don't think you are. I don't think you are, but go ahead. All right. <laughs> I think I, you could still be a pilot if you want. You know that, right? Yeah, but, but that's not – my concentration now has, has changed. I, I, so I still love it. My concentration okay. has changed. I, matter of fact, it's so funny, man. I was watching the, the, uh, the Prices Right this morning. And one of the prizes they offered at the at the end of the show was a simulator, a flight simulator. Ooh. So I've been online all morning long looking at flight simulators. <laughs> <laughs> when I get that extra money, I want to buy me a flight simulator so I can sit there and fly in my You house. know what? Hard <laughs> Listen, listen. Uh, you got an iPad, right? You have an iPad? Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you, you can get the simulator on your iPad. Or your desktop. I'll send it to you. That's my gift to you for doing the show. That's my gift to you. Oh, thank you, man. And let me ask thank you, when, when people watch you acting, I mean, when I watch you acting, and I, everybody watches you acting, and not just from the five heartbeats. I remember seeing you in an episode of Martin. I think you, you oh, did yeah. an episode of Martin. That, when you act... Method acting, you, you, true acting, I always thought, you live it, believe it, make it believable. And you do. Um, do you consider yourself a method actor? No, I consider myself an actor. Oh, okay. See, this is one of the things that gets under my skin. People say he's a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call actors? Uh, uh, not method actors, the other term, a character actor. That's right, character my right. skin. Yeah, it drives me crazy because no, Schwarzenegger is a character actor because he plays one character. Right, right, I'm an right. Actor. Great actors play all kinds of characters. That's the that's the nature of the beast as an actor. You do everything. I don't want to play one character, and I swear, I, Greg, I hope and I pray that every time you see me. You will see a different person, whether it be oh on the small screen or the big screen. Or Hawthorne, that's I've what I worked my butt off to do. I've seen you in like nine, ten things, and you, and each act, each character, you were totally different, and that's what to me a great actor lives and becomes the part that they are. Now, my question to you is, when because I see how intense. You act and the parts that you are have done, and you I've seen you from A to Z. How do you get back to being yourself, being Hawthorne James? Oh, that's easy. Uh, I get back to being Hawthorne James because I'm not crazy. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like you know, actors are. I consider actors because I wanted to be an actor, and I was like, yeah, I know, no, not my thing. Actors, great actors, and you're one of the great actors that 
to be an actor, I think you're become first of all, you're a blank slate and you become that part when you do it. But I always thought the hardest part is to come back to the true core of who you are. Well, you know, it I, I guess there's a certain amount of truth in that. A certain amount. But see, I, you know, it's like if I'm playing the king of England, do I really think I'm the king of England? <laughs> you, you have to be out of your friggin' mind to really believe that or, or to think I'm Shaka Zulu for real and walk around <laughs> being Shaka Zulu. You know, and I know actors who have done that because oh, I was yeah. dealing with an actor. I was, I was working with an actor once who did a very famous part. His name shall be I just shall not say, but he was a <laughs> kung fu master, and and he was playing this kung fu guy in in in, in Barry Gordy's movie, <laughs> and and, really? and I had to kill him. I had to kill him in a movie called uh, uh, The System Within, and right. and and the, and I went to the director and the producer and the writer and I said, look here, I said I don't want to shoot the guy. That's so boring. I said let's figure out a different way. And I said I tell you what, let me do it with a baseball bat. Oh, and the guy came up to to the director and said, "No, no, no, he can't be. I, he can't kill me with no baseball bat. My fans won't allow it. I'm the last uh, last track. Uh, I won't say it." I, <laughs> 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 people looked at each other and said, "You must be out your mind. You really think you are that person that you played in a movie 20 years ago? Kick this motherfucker's butt with his baseball bat, man. Now, That's stupid, now, man." It is, but you know what? You you know I followed you for many years, Harton, and for me, you've always been real. Like if you notice, most of our black actors, black actors, they play that part to appease Hollywood to get that part. You've never done that. You've always said what you wanted to say. Like, what was that? Uh, I think I talked to you about it. Where the Oprah and Tyler wanted your permission. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And they didn't offer you tickets. And to me, you've always been real. You've always been real about Hollywood, and and, and your dealings with Hollywood. How do you play the game, but not play the game? Well, you know, first first and foremost, I don't ask me how I got to be this way because I don't really friggin' know. But I'm not selling my soul for anybody. And I think that came from my parents and my grandparents who, who were great people, who, who, who were college-educated people. I mean, my grandparents went to college. My parents went to college. My older brothers and sisters went to college. My, grand, my grandmother wound up being a, 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 a housekeeper at a hospital with a college degree. My grandfather, with a college degree, wound up being a Pullman porter and then eventually building Pullman cars. My mother, with a college degree, wound up working for the government for, for all her life. My daddy, with a college degree with, in, in chemistry, wound up being a cab driver. With all these college degrees, they couldn't get a friggin' job. But they never put that off on their children. They always said, you do what you want to do. I didn't know my parents were who they were until, until they passed away. My brother started telling me things about my parents that I had no clue because my brother, one of my young brothers lived with my, my, with my mother until she passed. And, she, right. and he got a lot of stories and stuff. I didn't know all this about my parents. So it's like somehow or another they transferred me to, to me the integrity of being who you are and caring about other people. Right. You're not just an island. And I really believe that. And right. my, my, my thing has always been, I don't be free until you be free. And I really mean that. And I believe that. Oh, no, so I believe you. Selling, I believe you. I live that as well. I'm, I live that as well. I'm, I'm not selling my soul for you or for, for some money, and which, is why, which is one of the reasons I'm not as far as I, as, as, as I should be. As 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 I have work, put my work in to be further along with money in my pocket, but that doesn't matter to me. Oh well, that's the way it is. Now I'm not I'm, I'm not going to let you to frustrate me. 
Now, if you had your web, see, I watched you like on the big screen. I watched you on the small screen, and I watched you on stage. You, which would you are so like that presence you have on stage is magnanimous. I mean, if you had your way of doing, what would it be? Big screen, small screen, or stage? See, you're asking me to choose between babies, and I can't do it. But you that, have to love one always, more than others. No, well, I, okay, all right. If you put it that way, okay, I think I love stage better. I, it's a lot. It's a lot harder work than oh, film yeah. and television. Oh, it is. Because what you see is what you get. Yeah, because you get one shot, a twi- maybe twice a day, to do it right. And there's no do-overs. You have to be totally prepared to do it. And you have to know what you're doing in order to convince that audience, well, I've been in front of, of 10 people, I've been in front of five people, and I've been in front of, 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 of 10,000 people. It doesn't make any difference to me. You still put on the same show. show. They'll all get the same show. So I know I got people that are hitting me up. So how did the part of Big Red Davis, how did that get to you? Okay, that goes back to theater. Everything that I do has gone back to theater because I, I have a degree, I have a bachelor's degree in theater from Notre Dame. I have a master's from the University of Michigan. I got scholarship offers from Yale and Cornell to work on my doctorate. And Ted Lands, who played the bartender on the Love Boat, got me a scholarship to go to school in London at the London Shakespeare Academy. So I went to school in London and and studied. That, there's a place called the Inner City Cultural Center in Los Angeles. It was a a theater, mostly black, although Jack, a guy named C. Bernard Jackson ran it. And he tried to incorporate other minorities, other ethnicities into the theater. But it was mostly black folks. Let's be bottom line. It was mostly black folks. So that was the theater where I went when I first moved to L.A. And I did a lot of theater. I was on tour. Uh, we were doing shows in prisons. I stayed over. I had to stay. I got locked down in prison because we were doing a show. And that, that was miserable. But that's a whole different story. But <laughs> wow. I was on tour. And so I came back. And I said, okay, I'm tired because I was working a nine-to-five job because the theater wasn't paying any money. They didn't even give you gas money. We were just doing it because of the love of the theater and to get better to craft and hopefully meet people that would take you someplace else. So I was doing two, three shows at a time. I would be performing in the show at night and be rehearsing one or two other shows in the daytime plus having a nine-to-five job. So when I, I came off, off the road one time and I said, I'm tired. I'm not doing nothing else. Well, this guy was doing Macbeth at a small 99-seat theater in Hollywood, and he called me, and his name is Dominic Hoffman. And Dominic called me and said, look here, I'm getting ready to do Macbeth. Would you come in and audition? And I told Dominic, I said, look, I'm not, no, I'm not doing any more shows. I'm tired. I need a break. And he called me for a week and said, come on, man, please do this. So I went down. I finally said, okay, I'll come in and audition. So I went down and auditioned, and he called me, he told me, look here, I want you to do Macbeth, but I've already promised it to somebody else. Would you do Macduff? And I said, no, Dominic, I told you I didn't want to do the show in the first place. I'm not doing no second leads. I'm tired. I'm not doing it. Once again, he called me for another week, and then he threw on top of my girlfriend, who is one of the greatest, my ex at that time, one of the greatest actresses I've ever seen in my life. He said, I want to do this. I said, what? You want to share who that was with us? That's Cheryl Tyre Smith. That's her name. And wow. And, uh, uh, I mean, she's one of the best actresses. She is the best actress I've ever seen in my life. You wouldn't know her because she, does, she did mostly stage, but she didn't. She, she's one of them people that didn't, uh, could have done a lot of things, but she wasn't selling her soul either, which, which to this day I respect, and that's, that, that's, that she's my friend to this day. But but anyway, so she said, and I want Cheryl to do one of the witches in the play. So I finally relented, and I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. Well, lo and behold, Robert Townsend had a friend in the in the show, and uh, Tim, his name is Tim. I can't think of Tim's last name, but Tim was in the, in the show, 
And Robert came to see Tim. And he, after the show, Robert came backstage and said, I'm getting ready to do this movie. Would you like to do it? And, of course, I said, yes. I didn't know what the movie was. I didn't know anything about the movie. And lo and behold, it turned out to be Big Red. That's how I got to be Big Red, by not sitting on my butt waiting, the phone, waiting for the phone to ring. I was actually out there doing and performing and working on my craft, which is what I still do to this day. I did three or four plays last year alone. Oh, I know. One like oh, stands in Cleveland and, and Cleveland and, and Toledo and, and Detroit and Philly. Last year alone, I did three or four, three or four shows. But I love doing but, what I do, Greg. I just, it's, but, but, it's but, also, but you know what? A lot of people don't know this about you, Horseman. You're a professor. You're a professor. You were a professor at Illinois State. Yeah, yeah. I and taught we, for two years at Illinois State University. Matter of fact, I had John Melkovich in my class. And, and I was younger and like, than he is. And you, you, they, you have a doctorate in film? No, I have, I have a master's. I, I, I decided not to work on my. I decided not to work on a doctorate because I was just. I didn't want to do three years. Well, see, that's another story about about New Haven and stuff because that's such a New England was so racist. It's like I I, I got accepted into Yale to work on my to do my doctorate, and I took my mother and my younger brother up there with me for the final interview just to meet the professors and stuff. And so many negative racist things happened to me while I was on that campus. And the final thing was I, I was going to visit my sister in D.C. And I got in the car and, and I went to a gas station and I, and I pumped the gas. And, and I asked the uh, gas station attendant, I said, uh, what's the best route to get to D.C.? And he looked at me, he looked at me, he said, do I look like a damn roadmap to you? And he walked away. <laughs> wow. And I, I told him, and I told my mother and my brother, I said, look here, Mom. I can't go to school up here. I'd be gonna kill somebody. That's why I didn't didn't go to Yale because I hated it. It was it, it, I hated it. With the, oh. I mean, just so many races I came to I came across in just a day. It's like I couldn't do it, and I had already you know been what? through that experience at Notre Dame. And you know what, Harthorn? It's funny because I went to I went to college. I graduated from Boston University, so I had to deal with the same thing in New England. People don't understand how racist. It was that was in the seventies and eighties when I was up there in the well, late seventies, early eighties. When I graduated from Boston, I was the only black man on the basketball team, and they did racism in New England. They say the North has changed and was accepting. No, the New England is still racist to this day. To this day, I get off the plane in Boston and I smell it. Boston's the worst. It's worse than, 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 than Little Rock. Right. But one of the worst places I've ever been, one of the worst racist places you could ever go is Chicago. You know what? It's, it's the most, funny you say most, that. It's funny you say that. It's you're one of the most Chicago. segregated cities I've ever been in. And Hawthorne, I can't believe you said that because I lived in Chicago for three years. On, I lived on 100 Chestnut Street and the Gold Coast. I lived on the 20th floor. And I've said to people... This is the most segregated city I've ever been in. I walked into a bar on State Street, Italian bar. Sit down, have a drink. And the bartender leans over and goes, you're the first black man that's been in here in 10 years. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It is the most segregated city I've ever experienced in my life. Oh, there, there are clear demarcations in Chicago. It's like I never went north, uh, north of the river. We would go downtown just to go to the movies. But don't cross that river. And we were told, I mean, I don't know if we were told that as kids, but we knew that as kids. Don't cross that river. That north side was totally off limits to you. It's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the history, the things that I have been through, it, 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 which has made me who I am, I just, I just sometimes sit back and wonder, how in the hell did I get to be who I am? But, that, but like not, only that, also, Arthur, not only that, you're not angry. You see what I'm saying? You're not angry. Of all the things that I've, you, you talk about that you've been through would make the average person angry. You're not angry. No, because it doesn't do any good. But I, 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 I get angry. Now, don't get me wrong, because, but, but I, can't, I, got to, I got to struggle through that. 
in order to accomplish something. It doesn't, it doesn't, if you stay angry, it doesn't help. You have to be smart because, because they're not angry. They're just manipulative and right. devious. Right. right. So you have, to, you have to be in that pocket with them. If you're angry all the time, you can't think straight. And, and they think 24-7. Therefore, we have to think 38-20. You know what, Harthan? I, I, I'm on TV. And you did, I, for, for you guys who know, um, Harthan's going to be on uh, 30 frames a second, uh, May 28th. Um, and we're going to talk about, we're going to continue that conversation. But I look at, people don't understand the difference between racism and white supremacy. And you pointed out something that people, I think most people didn't get when people like Oprah, see, white supremacy is an ideology that never sleeps. And when we as black people become in that segment of, oh, I've made it, they seem to have that ideology of white supremacy. And I'll say this, Oprah Winfrey, and a white, and let me just clarify this, white supremacy ideology is thinking that you are better than someone else. That is the ideology. And if you think about people like Oprah Winfrey, Tyler Perry, I even go to say Queen Latifah, that, you know, I come from a, a, a place and I, and I feel you. I am my brother's keeper and I won't sell my soul to get what I want. But then you get these black people who could help. You, you know, people, you're, you're a great actor. I always thought that if you're, if you, I always say, whatever you are, be the best. And no one's looking for a handout. I can't understand why people in those positions like Tyler, Oprah, Steve Harvey, why are they – all of a sudden they just get a case of what I call CRS. Can't remember shit. And I don't understand. You know, look at what's happening now. What? Steve Harvey got canceled. <laughs> I talked about that on my Facebook page today. <laughs> he got canceled. He got canceled from a, a, a second-class singer, Kelly Clarkson. He got canceled from Kelly Clarkson. And you know, Kelly Clarkson, and, and also that 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 white woman who's uh, that heavy-set white woman is taking his place on on another show. Yeah, he, he, little, little, he, little darling. He now. What, what does that tell you, Mister Harvey? I, and I wrote this on my Facebook page just this afternoon, Greg. I wrote on that. I said, uh, "Why isn't your friend in the White House tweeting about how unfairly you're being tweeted?" <laughs> <laughs> but, but see. What kills me, Harthon, you look at Steve Harvey, how he aligned, aligned himself with a white supremacist, Donald Trump. And yeah. I, I don't understand. See, I don't – What is in, in your opinion, people like that who align themselves with – you know, you've seen the black people that align themselves with Donald Trump, Candace Owens, Steve Harvey. What do you think? Do you think it's about money that they do that? No. No, no, because they're not making any money. It's about feeling what they think they should feel about themselves and the self-hatred that they have for themselves and all people that look like them. That's what that's about. Because they hate themselves so much that they will bow down and they think Master's going to give them something. They think Master's superior, not knowing that monster don't give a damn about you. They will use you just like they use Steve Harvey and throw him away. He like they did. Matter. Like they did. Yeah. He's become irrelevant. Yes. Eventually you become irrelevant. They don't give a damn who you are. Oprah, the only reason she's still Oprah is because she toes the line. Let her get out of line. They will bring right. her down faster than a speeding bullet. That's and you the know whole thing. Look at what they did, Bill Cosby. Oh my, yes, 
Every black man who has made something of himself, name me one that hasn't been brought down. Name me one that hasn't been brought down a peg. You know what? Every I'm I can't even. Tyson, I, I don't care if it's Michael Jackson. I don't. I, 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 I Bill Cosby. Uh, uh, who, who else can you name? And you know the what? I, I don't know any. I, I can't. Joe Lewis was the hero that beat the Germans. And yet he died broke and penniless. Yep. Can you, I mean, what is it? And See, Hawthorne, you know what? That slave mentality still exists among us. And yes. what, would it, what would it take for us to step back? Okay, you know what? I'm like, I'm that guy. You know, I, I, I control my own destiny in a sense. And I, I'm like, you don't sell my soul out. But I don't. I what is it? Because I, I want to. I'm trying to have some sense of. Is it that they want to toe the line? Because they're not doing it for black people. Is it that they want to please massa that much so they can keep their quality of life? Yes, whatever quality of life they think they have, they have nothing. They can be gone in a heartbeat. That, that woman, that uh, what's her name? The, the actress, the uh, 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 what is what her what is her name? The one that was very popular. She's still young looking. Whatever her name is, I can't think of her name. What did she but do? They use well, she, they use her on Fox News. Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. Stacy Dash. Oh my her, God! And she has been thrown away. They just use you and throw you away. They they find how they keep finding all this. I mean, come on, man. I mean, we, we, Greg, there's so much, so much. I mean, it's the NFL. Think about the NFL. 80% of black men run, uh, are playing for the NFL. You mean to tell me that you can't all say, okay, Mr. Mister Owner, right. we ain't standing for you. We're, we're, we're behind calling Kaepernick and not right. to see you do something about it. Right. You don't understand right. the power that you have. You see, that's what I don't understand, Hawthorne. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. When you when you got eighty two percent of black black and brown people in the NFL, why can't see that's part I think part of our problem as a race. Why can't we unify? Because we control bamboozled. You've been hoodwinked. You've been propagandized. You have been taught from the time you are conceived that you ain't worth a damn. And that has gotten, gotten onto your skin. But I'm telling you, Greg, this is, what's so, this is what's fascinating about the Internet to me. See, when I was a kid, we had ABC, NBC, CBS, and maybe sometimes PBS. Yep. Those were the things that we listened to. Those were the only things that we saw. Those were the things that formed your opinion. There is no more of that crap anymore. We have thousands and thousands of stations. We have what I'm doing right now, what you're doing every week. I don't know how, how often your show comes on, but every week. Once, once, twice, once, twice, once a week. Once a week. Once a week, you alone are de-propaganding. You can't think right. of it right. I know, I know what you're saying. But you, you yourself, and I have other friends, I have other people who have radio shows, who have internet shows, who are telling the real truth of what we are and who we are and how this world works. Eventually, if we keep pounding at that door and pounding and pounding and pounding, the truth will out and we will stop this nonsense of believing that we are less than and will take not, and I mean this, take what belongs to us. Not be given what it belongs to us because nobody's going to give you a damn thing. You have to take Amen, what is yours. And, and you know what, Harthorn, I, I on TV, when you come on the TV show um, on the 28th, me and Nat Wood, we've won you know, so many awards because we bring it to you live like you, like you and I are doing here. And I just, what will it take... For us, black people, because you know what? In the 60s, we unified. 
we unified in the 60s and the 70s, and, 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 and all of a sudden, we got comfortable. What will it take for us to get back to family, raise our own kids, and community? Well, I, you know, Greg, I don't know if, it's, if, if being getting comfortable is quite the right thing. Because one of the greatest movies ever made was uh, Claudine. Yes. And, and in order to understand how, it's like, it's like white people doing the watch riots got scared. Well, what happens? They got scared, and what did they do? They formed SWAT. Once SWAT was there, he said, oh, we're invincible again. Fuck them. Right. <laughs> I'm not exactly scared right. anymore. You have to understand the psychology that, we, that we're constantly under because, because what they do is as soon as we get a little power, they find a way to take it away. It's like every head. It's like from Malcolm to Martin, every time we get uh, uh, somebody who's leading us in the right direction, they chop it off, and we become – we, we we flounder again. Well, that's that's the problem. See, here you could kill thirty nine hundred of their leaders, and five million more would sprout up in in the next two minutes. And that's what they, and that's what Donald Trump did. At, yeah, they kill one of our leaders, and we're lost again. We're out in the woods again. That has got to stop. We have got to become the Hydra. You right. chop off one of our heads, five more will sprout. That's so what we're let me not ask, at yet. So let me ask you this, Hartone. You are very insightful, and I thank you again for coming on the show. What would you tell the black and brown people? Because I feel that we look for acceptance by white society. Because if you look on social media, you and I, we speak the same language. I don't care. I don't give a shit what you think I'm going to say what I say. But when you look on social media, which is a powerful source, you know, back when I was coming up, it was Britannica Encyclopedia. That's what we had to deal with. But now you look at social media and you see black people saying, why do you do this? Because that's how white people see it. That's how they see us. That to me is acceptance. When are we, why do we stop that? By, by doing what we're doing. Right now, educating other people. Hopefully, there'll be a lot of people listening to this and start thinking on their own. And I'm, a, but Harthorn, right now, I'm gonna tell you, as I'm looking at the numbers, we have 17 million people in three countries, and the board, everybody's trying to call in, and I'm not taking it. This is your, this is your, this is about you. Everybody's trying to call in and talk to you. I tell, I'm telling everybody, if you want to listen, you want to see him. Watch us on the 28th. He'll be live on uh, on uh, 30 frames a second. You're listening to The Quiet Storm, and I'm your host, Greg Lasseter, here at G Radio New York City, where you can find your classic soul and R&B music, the music for your soul. I have the great American actor, the man, the myth, the legend, Harthorn James. Hey, so Harthorn, let me – where do we go? What advice would you give to these, you know, these actors – these young actors, you know, I look at people. I had a confrontation with, uh, I can't remember the name of that brother. The brother from, uh, he he got blackballed. He was in Grey's Anatomy. I can't oh, remember. Oh, oh, yeah, that guy who, you who, know that. who is trying to suck his way back into Hollywood. Right, right. He and I, you, I, talk, you, I can't remember that brother's name. Uh, but he and I, I said something about him. He and I got Isaiah Washington. Isaiah, Isaiah. He and I used to be friends. You know, I mean, we we knew each other acquaintances through uh, Lou Ross, Nana Ross, blah blah blah. So I said to him, I said, bro, let me explain something. Let me tell me this. You, you, you had an audience. Why did you sell out? And he. His, his response was, fuck you. I didn't sell out. Who are you to tell me I sold out? And I was like, really, dude? I'm like, you 
our wannabe now. I said, you don't even know how to play the game, brother. He's like, you, brother, you're, you're not a brother of mine. I'm from Africa. I'm from Senegal, wherever the hell he said he was from. And I don't like, he, it got to that point where he deleted me and blocked me and reported me to social media. Man, where do you go from there? What do you do? What do you do? And that's the thing. I'm about trying to unify and uplift. I don't care where I am and what I have in life. I'm a brother's keeper. Hawthorne, now that I, I didn't I, – there's one thing I didn't know about you that you were fascinated about aviation. Now, guess what? Check your mail. I will be sending you stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> check your mail. Check your mail. But, but, but where but do we – that's, that's also a symbol for me that, because that aviation thing is a symbol for me because of the fact that it is, it is limitless imagination where you can go and to see things. Because you have to remember, most people live and die within a 40-mile radius of where they're born. That is crazy. And that's, that's, that's insane. You never get – see, I, 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 only, I haven't been to Asia yet at this point. Which is what I, I I still want to go across to Asia, but there are right. countries in Africa that I still want to go to. I've been to Africa, but there are other countries I want to go right. to. I right. still, the South American countries I still want to go to, uh, uh, but uh, but I've been so many places that I've heard so many other other people talk and and, right. and see how they live, et cetera, et cetera. That has broadened my knowledge of what. Yo, it, it, Brother, I've been around the world seven times, and I try to try to explain that to people. Why don't like? Can you, Hawthorne? You're you're very great and insightful. Can you explain to me why we as black people will go somewhere and experience it, but we'll keep going back to the same place? Because it's a comfort zone, man. Is it? You know, it, it's a human thing to go back to where you're comfortable. Nobody, I mean, very few people want to experience discomfort. And, 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 and I'm not saying I don't either. But I, I, I can't live in this comfort zone where I'm seeing, like, this woman get shot five times today for nothing. For nothing She's right. on her back, on the ground, and he just pumps bullets into her. That hurts my mind, body, and soul. And I just want to just, I can't say what I really want to say. Yes, you can. We're not governed by the FCC. You can say what you want, brother. You know, these people are just scum, and they deserve not to live, man. They shouldn't be here. And that, question, that goes back to me questioning of who, what this place is. Why are we here? What is God thinking? Why did he create this, this insanity where children have cancer and die and are in pain? Where we live only for, for at the most 100 years and then we're gone. What is your thinking? Is this fun for you? What is this? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Arthur. In your opinion, why do you explain? That's the, the, you know, the duality of man. That, why do you think that happens? If, 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 if we grew up believing in God and the Bible, why... Do you think, in your opinion, you know, we as black people, first thing we do, we go to church and we pray and we forgive. White people don't do that. If you kill one of no. them, they're not forgiving. No. And I'm not either, Greg. Neither am I. I'm way <laughs> Neither am I. I'm wasting <laughs> all that nonsense. Yeah, I'm, I'm so bad. You know, I ain't got no more cheeks. My ass <laughs> cheeks have been turned. My, my, my cheek cheeks have been turned. No more. <laughs> No, I'm not I'm with you, that's that's nonsense to me, man. That's absolute utter nonsense. That's the that's the white man saying to you, "Oh, you get yours in heaven." Uh, well, excuse me, you got yours here now, and you gonna right. get yours in heaven. Well, why the hell can't I have mine now? Right, right. Why? But, why? I got to wait. But but let me ask she you this, is. okay? The the young the old blacks, okay, fine, they bought into it, but there's more and more young blacks that are buying into that. What is it? Is it is it a sense of I need to believe in something? Well, th- there is a sense of that, but you but you also have to look at the numbers. What 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 you're saying right now is 
it's almost like you have bought into the numbers that you are being fed. Right. I don't think that's true, Greg. I don't think it is either. I I think there are less and less who are buying into that nonsense. But 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 you look at this. You look at just just look at. You know, I don't believe in black on black crime. You know, we don't go around saying white on white crime. We don't go around saying Asian on Asian crime. But we as black people, we need to get out of that slave mentality. Slave mentality. Yes. That's what I call it. Yes. Absolutely, man. You're absolutely right. And that black on black every time I say that, every time I hear somebody say that, I say, Whoa, slow yo, don't say that crap to me. Right, right, right. So, so right. I'm not buy, I'm not buying that. You know, don't bring that crap up to me. Don't do it. Don't even try it. Because because that's not even my concern. And and Greg, let me go back. Let me go back one step. Because you you say black and brown. I don't say black and brown. I don't say people of color. I say black. Because unless black. we, I can fix my own backyard, I got no business talking about your backyard. Oh my God! Thank so you, brother. I specifically Thank you. say black. Right. Thank and you. Talk, Thank you. Thank uh, you. No, but I'm something all has that to change. Nonsense. Something has to change, Hartman. Something has to change, and we're changing it. I'm telling you, Greg, what we're doing right now on the air with other people listening is changing things. It is about I, you know information. What? I agree. I agree. You know what, Hartman? And I believe this. God has I bestowed on to have knowledge, and I don't care about the material things, but if I can reach one, teach one, and that's what we all have to do because that's yes. what we did. We did that. Yes. We, I don't believe we need a leader to lead us, okay? I believe that we are smart enough to know and how to teach. One, take care of your family. Take care of your community. Stop with being wanting to be accepted by the white man in society. By somebody who doesn't want you will never accept or care, you. Or care. No, but see, 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 I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very much a, as much as pessimism as I may, as, as, as people may perceive that comes from me. I'm truly an optimist. I just yeah, I get look it. at Nipsey Hussle. I look at Nipsey Hussle, and look at what he did. He's 30 years old. Look at what that man did. Right. And it took his death for people to see it, but look at what he did. You don't think that's going to change a lot of people? Come on. I, I hope so. I hope so. Hard well, done. I, we're I running out of time, brother. So. Brother, we're oh. running out of time. And, brother, listen, <laughs> I'm a, I thank you. You're listening to The Quiet Storm. This was amazing. Tonight's guest was Harthorn Great James. That, that's your new name now, Harthorn the Great. That's what I'm going to call you right now, Harthorn the Great. And Hawthorn, I will, I will, I will. If I don't call you tonight, I will call you tomorrow, and we can continue and set this up. This is what we're going to do. Now you, now you're stuck with me, bro. Now you're stuck with me. And I, I, I okay, I, I, I'll just, take it. <laughs> listen, I'll take I want to thank you guys. I want to thank everybody for listening. If you guys have any questions, you know how to get all of them on his Facebook. He's real. So am I. Call us, Facebook us, and guess what? Reach for the moon. If you miss, you're still among the stars. I'm out of here. Heart on. I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it much. Peace, brother. Peace.
Nothing stays the same Everyone will change Nothing and no one goes unchanged Time, nothing and no 